Welcome back, everybody. Episode 121 of the Far Middle Podcast. As always, I am your happy and humble host, Nick Teolius. Not just good to be with you, but it is great to be with you. I do appreciate all of you who invest a busy part of your week to share with me. We started a bit of a run last week by investing the bulk of that episode diving deep on a particular subject that's timely and interesting. Now, last week, it was the horrendous track record of the media and the elite and expert classes when it came to predicting climate catastrophes over the past 100 years. And that was a a fun tour and journey. And I got a lot of feedback that was inbound over the past few days. And I always love the feedback. So let's stick to the concept of diving deep on a big issue of the times. This week, we're going to explore the topic of mentoring young adults as they are about to enter the workforce. We can use the platform of the CNX Mentorship Academy as an illustrative example of the spectrum of experiences and emotions that pertain to a significant commitment when you make it to mentoring. And that spectrum of experiences, it includes joy, stress, failure, success, winning, losing, uh, day-to-day grinds, the big picture, passion, and fits and starts. It's the most awe-inspiring and at the same time most frustrating thing that a person can get involved with. Now, there's an author out there who I find intriguing and on topic when it comes to mentoring. Her name is Valerie Johnson. She's, I suppose, what you would call a self-help guru. I do enjoy her stuff, but I especially like a saying that I heard from her. She said, we fall, we break, we fail, but then we rise, we heal we overcome. I think that epitomizes mentoring young adults entering the real world and allow me to walk you through why that's the case. But first, we need a sports dedication, and we deserve a fitting one, of course. So if we're talking mentoring young adults, one name comes to mind, that of John Robert Wooden, or the Wizard of Westwood, that L.A. neighborhood where the UCLA campus lies. Wooden coached 10 NCAA national champs in a 12-year span with the UCLA Bruins. That includes seven championships in a row. Within this period, his team won an NCAA men's basketball record 88 consecutive games. Wooden won the Coach of the Year award seven times. That's also a record. And a lot of sports fans don't realize that Wooden was an awesome Hall of Fame caliber player before he was a coach. As a guard, he was the first player to be All-American three times in college at Purdue. He played professionally, not in the NBA, but instead in the NBL, which was the National Basketball League, and he was inducted into the Naismith Memorial Hall of Fame as a player in 1960, and then again as a coach in 73. He's the first person ever enshrined as both. Now, the Wizard is perhaps the most respected coach in the history of sports. Former players didn't just like him, they loved him, as in genuine love. Among them, of course, was then Lou Alcindor, who later became Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and of course that hippie, Grateful Dead-following, weed-smoking, red-haired, lovable giant that is Bill Walton. Wooden was first and foremost a teacher and a mentor. He used short, simple, inspirational messages to motivate his players. You might have heard or seen his famous Pyramid of Success. He spent decades identifying the characteristics and the traits that helped define a successful person and narrowed the list to 25 common behaviors. And by the late 40s, the late 1940s, he created the iconic triangular diagram. At the base of the pyramid, 
You've got things like loyalty, industriousness, and friendship. And then at the very peak of the pyramid, you've got competitive greatness. And he defined, by the way, competitive greatness as be at your best when your best is needed, and also as enjoyment of a difficult challenge. So for John Wooden, being a great competitor was not necessarily about winning or losing. It was the approach, and it was the, the process, the journey. And between the base and peak of his pyramid were the sequential building blocks to progress to that goal of competitive greatness. So you had initiative and self-control, then skill and condition, and then poise, just to name some of the key ones. So give that pyramid of success a look online, and you will see it can be applied to any professional endeavor in life that involves a team. And it's also a useful building block for mentoring. Most of his tools and tactics, obviously they were successful on the basketball court, but they were also successful in life. That's why a lot of what Wooden created and applied his teaching tools and tactics, they ended up being used not only in sports, but also in business and personal success and organizational leadership. He was as much Harvard Business School professor as he was UCLA hoops coach. I think Coach Wooden, when it's all said and done, he was focused first and foremost in his career on mapping out an efficient path for others to follow so that they could end up living meaningful lives. And that constant listener is what makes Coach John Wooden a fitting dedication for episode 121 and our theme this week of mentorship. Coach Wooden was developing his tactics and tools when it came to mentoring to help find and refine and develop talent on the basketball court. But much of what he pioneered impacted people beyond the hardwood. And that can start our connections for this episode talking about mentoring and mentoring young adults. And what we found when we tried to build an effort out to take it from a one-off type of a situation to scale, we learned and we found out quite a bit. Now, the we that I speak of is the team I work with at CNX Resources and within Western Pennsylvania. And the effort that I speak of is known as the CNX Foundation Mentorship Academy. The idea at inception that we had was a simple one, but at the same time, it was a daring one. What if we targeted a specific demographic that is in big time need of support and it is a critical driver of the future of a region like Western Pennsylvania or Appalachia? And the specific demographic that I speak of are high school seniors or maybe juniors who reside in either urban or rural economically underserved communities in Western PA and who don't intend to pursue a college degree, at least initially right after high school. But what these individuals would intend is to start a career or professional journey that develops skill sets and creates opportunities to do and provides meaningful employment and that pays a family-sustaining wage. A couple of points to consider with that demographic that I just defined. First, recognize that Western Pennsylvania, it's a special place from several different measures, but one that is of note for the Mentorship Academy, and when it comes to mentoring, is that Western PA offers a broad spectrum of urban and suburban and rural communities all within very close proximity to one another. So I'm recording this episode in suburban Pittsburgh. If I drive 20 minutes to the north, I'll be in the most urban of urban areas. If I drive 30 minutes to the south, I'll be in the most rural of rural areas. Again, it's a special characteristic of Western Pennsylvania, and it just so happens that young adults in those urban and rural zip codes of Western Pennsylvania, they're facing some serious obstacles when it comes to establishing career paths and gaining a foothold into the middle class. A second point to consider within that demographic that I defined 
is the part of not wanting to attend college right out of high school. Now, one might argue that's an astute move these days, considering how poor of an investment decision of time and money college has become for far too many students. We've discussed that topic numerous times on the far middle. But I want to hit on something here as it relates to the Mentorship Academy and our targeted demographic. And that is that the system is built and designed to leave students who don't intend to go to college high and dry. And when I reference the system, I'm speaking of the educational system, K through 12, as well as associated networks and society that tie into it. The fact of the matter is that there is far too little support that exists and far too little process that is effectively wired into a multi-trillion dollar educational system to provide understandable and navigable pathways for career development of high school students who don't wish to attend college, which is sort of nuts considering there are many possibilities awaiting such students in those non-college career paths, paths that in many instances are superior to careers that require college degrees. So there is a need and a huge potential rate of return for an effort such as the CNX Mentorship Academy. It's fairly obvious. And furthermore, the efforts surrounding this mentorship initiative, it was designed from the get-go to be challenging, to the point of it being frustrating. We wanted to attempt something that would be tangible, which means measurable. We wanted it to be impactful, and I can't think of anything that's more impactful than impacting the region's next generation. And we wanted it, obviously, to be local as it relates to our home region. Now, that might all sound great, tangible, impactful, and local, and also different sounded like fun. But if you take those characteristics to heart in the context of the Mentorship Academy and then the context of the next generation in urban and rural underserved communities, you begin to understand that success, it's going to be far from guaranteed. And the harsh reality, as we soon learned once we dove into the effort, is that one will experience more failure at times than successes. And that's a hard thing to accept. It's hard for accomplished individuals and entities who match the description of the scores of people and organizations affiliated with this effort to accept failure or the possibility of it. And it's also tough to accept that there's a strong chance of failure because too many community efforts these days, they're designed more for public relations and optics instead of making truly tangible and impactful and local positive differences within those community efforts. The way I like to describe it is that there are two approaches when it comes to community efforts. The first way is the most common that you see, and that is the entity or company presenting one of those ridiculously oversized giant posters that look like a check, and everyone has seen those photos, you know, some executive holding one end of the giant check, smiling and posing in a photo that gets pasted all over social media. So you cut a check. You smile, you snap the photo, you post it, and then you move on. You feel good, but it's disconnected in one time. And I admit I've been guilty of that from time to time in the past, but I will say that the reason I agree to it is that it would help promote whatever cause is being supported at the time. So what the heck? But the second way of approaching community efforts, that's a bit more rare. In fact, it's a lot rarer and much more effective. And that approach is simple. You invest yourself into the effort by getting your hands dirty and directly intervening to address the challenge or to seize the opportunity. You really commit. Now, that's a much more challenging approach, but it also stands to be a hugely rewarding one. And that is indeed the approach that we desire to take with the Mentorship Academy. 
And I'll tell you, now three years are starting our third year into the Mentorship Academy effort. Taking the path of hands-on and immersion, it comes with collateral damage. It's never easy. It often results in falling short of your aspiration. And the world for young adults in our urban and rural communities is a constantly changing mosaic of harsh reality. And those harsh realities, they are always, always rearing their head, wreaking havoc on the ability to smoothly transition a young adult into promising professional career paths. But all that being said, I will tell you, I wouldn't have it any other way because the direct and the immersive approach, it's made all the difference. Sort of reminds me of Frost's famous poem and taking the road or path less traveled and that making all the difference. And this is a good point to allow me to connect to what objectives we were looking to achieve with individual students in the Mentorship Academy, because those objectives are quite telling and illustrative when it comes to the realities facing young adults in their career paths in today's America. An obvious objective is to open the eyes of the young adult to the careers and the professions that are available in a region like Western Pennsylvania and that don't require that college degree. And the good news is there are many such pathways that exist today. They're out there and they're looking for the next generation. So we had willing partners from the start, the energy industry, manufacturing, um, the building trades that range from carpenters to steam fitters to electricians to operating engineers to laborers, hospitality industry, real estate and construction, and healthcare, just to name some of the big ones. But the bad news is that the young adult has little and frankly often no clue as to the opportunities themselves or the nature of what those jobs and careers entail. Now, that bad news can be viewed as an opportunity, one that the Mentorship Academy can seize on behalf of the student. And that is not a failing of the student, by the way, not being aware of what those opportunities look like, anything but a failing of the student. Instead, It's a bit of an indictment of the system that I referenced earlier, which again is a multi-trillion dollar public education system that somehow is failing to enlighten young adults on life-changing career paths that don't require college and that are oftentimes just down the street waiting for them. And frankly, some responsibility must also be borne by the industries themselves. Frankly, we say in the domestic energy industry, we need to do a better job of promoting and communicating and highlighting the awesome professional paths that exist for young adults right out of that public high school. So for sure, a big part of mentoring and the Mentorship Academy effort is spending days with students over the course of a year, immersing into different industries and career paths by seeing jobs in action firsthand and on site. But there are some other objectives that we have as well. Two important ones are resumes and interviews. Now, resumes with respect to both creating a resume and then spending a year in the academy working with the individual student to strengthen and fill in the resume with activities and volunteer efforts and references and accomplishments. I'll tell you that most high school seniors, they've only got a slight inkling as to what a resume is and very, very few know what a good resume looks like. Again, that's a challenge that is also an opportunity. And I'm happy to report that by the end of an academy year, each young adult's got a polished, and wouldn't you know it, pretty impressive resume. But that resume, it's only a start. It gets you noticed over perhaps a 20-second look by a recruiter or hiring manager going through hundreds of resumes. And that's important, right? It's how you stand out from the pile and get to the next step. 
but it's not going to be enough to get you a job offer. For that, you're going to need to also impress at an interview, which is that next step and next key objective of the Mentorship Academy. Now, explain to young adults that the way to think of an interview is similar to how you think about learning a language or figuring out an app. You get good at it by doing it, by using it. And you can talk about it all you want, but until you sit down and you perform something like a mock interview, you're not going to get comfortable performing well in the real interview. So that's what we do. We run each student through mock interviews with their resumes in hand, and we ask them some of the obvious questions they're going to get at interviews. What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? And the student learns how to take a tricky question like weaknesses and answer it in a way that turns it into a positive. So something like my biggest weakness is that I'm a perfectionist or that sometimes I try to take on too much. And we'll also talk about how the resume can provide perfect prompts for the interviewer to ask the applicant. So strategically placing an experience or an interest on your resume that stands out and that is different, that can serve as a great icebreaker and conversation item in the interview itself. And that the student also, right, should be prepared to discuss that topic in the interview. That's the, uh, the layup that's coming your way to be ready for. And then we also make sure that we cover the importance of being ready to ask a good question to the hiring individual or entity during that interview. Something that's applicable to the job or the company or the industry and something that shows how the applicant performed a level of due diligence and invested the time prepping for the interview so that it shows genuine interest in the company or the career or the profession that's being offered up. And by the way, you'd also want to be properly dressed for the interview to help with landing that job, right? So we teach the student how to research what the dress code and the culture are of the position that they're interviewing for, and then how to dress with attire that fits the culture, which means each student should want at least one professional outfit to wear on interviews. So we outfit the students with a professional um, sort of dress. And it's one of the highlights of the year, I think, when you see a student come into the day's events and say jeans and a hoodie, and you suddenly see them transformed individually and as a group into what looks to be a pretty impressive law firm or something like it. It's a big confidence builder. And this serves as a good point to connect to another objective of the year in the Mentorship Academy. And this is an objective that we had no clue of going into the effort, but we quickly became aware of it a few months into the first year's journey. And that is what I reference as paperwork. Many young adults, especially in underserved communities, they lack the necessary paperwork needed to land a meaningful job. The best example I can give you is a driver's license. So no driver's license, no ability to fill out a job application, and thus no job. And it doesn't matter then if the applicant has an awesome resume or they perform great in an interview. So the logical step is to help the student get through the driver's license process, which is easy, right? Wrong. It's not easy because that requires more paperwork, birth certificates, health physicals, consents, and so on. And everything with the paperwork needs to be just so because the government DMV is not what you would consider to be the most flexible organization and it doesn't exactly embrace the customer service mentality. You need to have your paperwork in order when going to the DMV to get that license. And I can tell you most high school seniors don't have their paperwork in any semblance of order. It's not their nature at that age. And getting it to that point, it can be a massive and time-consuming undertaking. But if the student aspires to land the job that sets them on a good career path, 
then the paperwork challenge has to be met. It's another example of how bureaucracy and that associated paperwork can stifle individual achievement. That's a theme we've had in the far middle for some time. And yeah, we invest the time and we endure the frustration of getting all that paperwork in order student by student. But there is a silver lining with all the hoops that we jump through with the paperwork. And that is it provides numerous touch points and opportunities to bond with the student outside of the normal Mentorship Academy curriculum. If you want to get to know someone, spend an hour with them waiting in line at the DMV. Lines at the DMV, if they were used as social networking platforms, they would make social media and apps obsolete instantly. Now, if you run that curriculum through the course of a calendar year, you can quickly connect to the takeaway value for the student. If you went through the itemized list, it would include things like immersion into different industries and the ability to rank desired career paths based on what the student has seen and an awesome resume and having interview skills and knowing how to be properly dressed for professional success and hopefully a driver's license. Yet as important as those itemized takeaway skills are, there are two even more important items of takeaway value for the student, and they are a little more on the intangible side of the spectrum. The first is that the student exits the curriculum with an impressively powerful network. Over the course of the year, they meet the leaders of companies and industries all across the region, including those who do the hiring, and in some instances, the CEOs, of the businesses or entities themselves. That's the value of having great partners to participate alongside with you in the effort. And that network is one to be envied by seasoned professionals, let alone by high school seniors. It's a huge leg up, and that network is something that can keep paying dividends for the individual young professional to the extent that they're willing to invest time to properly utilize it. Now, the second huge takeaway of value for the student is, in a word, Confidence. Confidence at the age of 18 is a powerful thing. And lack of confidence at age 18 can be a debilitating thing, particularly when it comes to career. A year of the academy builds confidence of the student. And it's a reservoir of confidence that manifests in resume, in demeanor, in first impressions, in pursuit of career paths. Confidence may be in the end the most important ingredient that the Mentorship Academy provides. Which makes it interesting, because to achieve all these objectives, you're going to need support beyond the day or so that you spend with students each month during the official curriculum of the year. What about the other 28 or 29 days in a month? That leads us to our next connection, because that's where the mentors in the Mentorship Academy come into play. I always reference the mentors when discussing the Mentorship Academy as the glue that holds everything together. A student comes into the class, and over the course of the year, they're spending a day or two each month diving deep into our curriculum. But then at the end of that day or two, they go off back into the real world, which can be an unforgiving and, as I said, a very difficult place. So finding ways to keep that tether tied to the student when life is rearing its head is where the mentors come into play. We've got mentors who are community leaders as part of the effort. And we also have mentors who are within the organizations and companies that participate in the effort. My experience has been that you need and you want both. In the end, the mentors are trying to achieve a couple of things. First, they create personal connections to the student that the student can reach out to if and when something in life arises. And experience has shown that that always occurs. 
Second, the mentor helps to shepherd the student through the curriculum and the year of the academy to get the most bang for the buck for the individual student. And then third, having a close mentor and student connection, that ensures that you can tailor and customize a path for each individual student to meet their interests and their needs and their situation. Now, this is far from a one-size-fits-all effort. doesn't work that way. And flexibility and nimbleness, they're the keys to success. So no mentors, no success. It's that simple. And that actually connects to another objective that we had in mind when building the Mentorship Academy. It's one that goes beyond an objective tied directly to the young adult or student. And that is that much of this is all about scale. Meaning, if we're experiencing success with an individual student or with a small group of students, then the quicker and the more efficiently we can scale and grow the effort, the more tangible and the more impactful it will be on the local region. Thus, we construct the Mentorship Academy and talk about it on platforms like the Far Middle so that more people can become aware of it and get involved. So you're welcome to copy this, you're welcome to join this, and you're welcome to learn more about this. You don't have to steal the playbook, just ask us and we will give it to you. And we are indeed scaling. Our first year was around 30 students. Last year, we had just over 40, and this third year class is kicking off close to 80 students. Yeah, we're now measuring our impact in the hundreds of individuals cumulatively. But what if we could take that to the thousands and across regions beyond Western Pennsylvania? That's where you might come in and others who want to replicate or join the effort. Now, I'll connect as I wrap up my thoughts on the Mentorship Academy with a little bit of truth and a disclaimer of reality. As I said, this is not easy. We often experience way more setbacks and advancements for significant periods of time over the course of the year. Young adults often experience a journey of growth, and it comes in fits and spurts, and sometimes it's one step forward and two steps back. And the world they live in, as I said, it doesn't make it any easier, whether it be urban or rural. We needed to adjust and get used to that reality that took an adjustment, and we did, and we continue to do so. But it's humbling and it makes you ponder sort of the bigger issues and themes in life. Go back to that author that I mentioned, Valerie Johnson, that I quoted at the start of this episode. What'd she say? We fall, we break, we fail, but then we rise, we heal, we overcome. That's the epitome of mentoring young adults in Western Pennsylvania in the year 2023, constant listeners. But we found out that if we stick to it, we also win. And so does the region. Now, not every student is going to exit the academy exactly where I hope they would be at the start, and not every student is going to be prepared for their career or prime time at the end of the year. My hopes and aspirations, they'll exceed what we actually achieve. That's just the real world. But I can say, without hesitation, that every student that enters the academy and shows up over the course of the year, they will be in a markedly better place when it comes to life skills and awareness and confidence than where they were when they came in. It all comes down to how you define success. It's measured different ways in this thing we call life, and I wish it were more ideal, but this is how it is. So we're out of time for episode 121. I leave you with encouraging you to get involved with something like this, directly or indirectly, with us or building your own. You want more, you wanna learn more, type in uh, the CNX Mentorship Academy on the web and you'll find us. You'll find the website, you'll find us on social media, all the different platforms, and you'll find us everywhere in between. 
or hit me on LinkedIn at Nick Deolius um, or on the website, nickdeolius.com. You'll find information there as well. Over and out for this week. See you on the other side next week with number 122.